and welcome to the Extra Point Podcast. I'm Matt Temple Marsh. I'm back with Ross Williams. Ross, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, thank you. Christmas time is upon us, pretty much. Um, it's always fun. We've got an extra day of football this week, which is yes. interesting as well. We're going to get onto that in a sec. But yeah, overall, very, very, very well, mate. How are you? Good, yeah. I'm very good. I'm very cold. Um, and yeah, we need to call out the elephant in the room of... No winners at all last week, which, yeah, we're always going to have an off week every now and then, which typical that it lined up for both of us at the exact same time. <laughs> but you know what? It took 14 weeks. It took 14 weeks yes. for us to have zero winners between us. And do you know what? Look, I listened to other tipsters from the States, from over in the UK. Um, we're about as successful as anyone. So to be fair, I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried. And if anything, it just gives us a bit of a leap pad to get back on the get back on the tracks this week. I think uh, four weeks left of the season, week fifteen. I like this slate. I think I think it's all right. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit more spread out, but um, yeah, it happens. It happens. You're not going to win every week, and I couldn't have predicted Brock Purdy was that good. Could I? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love his nickname. Which I don't know if I can say on that. I don't know what the rules are. We haven't really established, but. I yeah. think could, I think you could get away with it personally. Little, yeah, big big <laughs> cock Brock. Absolutely. It's a, it's our Nick Foles story. It is such a pleasure to watch play out. And yeah, I think it can go all the way. I wonder if it's going to go all the way. So if it's going to be a Nick Foles story, is there going to be a big cock Brock statue outside Levi Stadium <laughs> at the end of the season? Is that is that what we're saying? Uh, yes. That, yes. That, that really would be something. That defense really is special. Joey Bosa, I think. Uh, sorry, Nick Bosa. Um, now favourite for Defensive Player of the Year. I saw this right, morning. So. So, uh, yeah, hell of a team you got there. And fair play. I got that one wrong and there's no coincidence. I warned I you. I warned yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I, I put too much faith in the GOAT. And um, yeah, it's no coincidence <clears throat> that I saw a few reports this morning. We're recording this on Saturday, by the way, for the listener. Uh, quite a few reports this morning saying this will indeed be Tom Brady's final season yeah. in the NFL. It must admit, got to about 10 30. 11 p.m. on Sunday, I was thinking it's time. I, I think it's time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, week 15. Really, really interesting slate. Uh, Saturday, for the first of two weeks, um, we've got Saturday games. Next week, we've got whole Saturday slates. So that's very, very interesting uh, indeed on Christmas Eve. But um, yeah, we're kicking off with three games on Saturday this week as well for week 15. Um, just to go through those games in particular, it, it starts with the Colts-Vikings um this afternoon which for my sins i'll have to watch <laughs> i'm not really looking forward to that one uh no, I, I, there I, is not much to not much to enjoy from that game at all <laughs> the Colts I, I, are sorry state right now i don't think so i mean it's a weird scenario in the sense that the vikings are vulnerable enough it might be closer than people think but, yeah yeah um because i'm a, very I'm, surprised by the spread of that game i think it's four points or something like that which it's a weird inverse game when you think about it because you've got the Colts who are sneaky good on defense, but no offense to speak of. And yeah. then you've got the Vikings with a very good offense, but a terrible defense. So it's a complete inverse, um, which might make it kind of tight. But um, yeah, also one of those situations for the Colts where it's kind of bittersweet even when you win a game now and if one, yes. with one eye on yeah. the uh, one eye on the 2023 draft. So, absolutely. So that kicks things off. Uh, on Saturday, uh, the late game as well worth mentioning is the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, which will be interesting to watch. If nothing else, there's about six foot of snow in Buffalo, so yeah, all, the, yeah. all the all the best to Tua Tonga Vailoa there. Um, I'm getting throwbacks to um, 
Shady McCoy running through the snow. I think it could be <laughs> Devin Singletree. And I think I think Dolphins are going to struggle in the snow big time. They are not built for it. Yeah, South Beach, that is not. Uh, that will be very, very <clears> interesting. <throat> very much Josh Allen's ballpark. But um, sandwich between those games uh, is an AFC North matchup. And that is where your first pick lands, isn't it? So uh, do you want to elaborate on that one? Yes, Baltimore Ravens at Cleveland Browns. And I am once again revisiting the well of David Njoku. He has given me quite a few winners this year and a couple of near misses. So I've got two separate tips for Njoku. I have over... 39 and a half receiving yards, you can get that evens. And then Njoku to have five plus receptions and 50 plus receiving yards. And you can get that at, uh, I think it was nine to four or a pretty big price for that. Mm-hmm. And Njoku's healthy and he's back at his very best. And importantly, he's had his first run out with Deshaun Watson. Last week, he had 12 targets. He caught seven of them for 59 yards and one touchdown. The chemistry is clear to see. I mean, Njoku was the second most targeted Cleveland Brown in that game. There was a 21% target share. That beat out Amari Cooper. And let's face it, no matter your opinion on Deshaun Watson, he's only going to improve as he shakes off that, what, two-year rust that he had. So the, the offense is going to improve. And this is a game for Cleveland where... They have to. Obviously, it's a distant hope, but playoffs aren't technically over for them yet. They if if they win out, they actually are in contention. And whilst that probably is at the back of their mind, it's more just about like let's set the offense, let's build on to something we can take into next year. I'm following the chemistry between Njoku and Watson, and I think there's a really good chance from here. He faces the Ravens team who concede the seventh most passing yards per game in the entire NFL. And when these two sides met earlier this year, Njoku caught seven of his targets, well, all seven of his targets for 71 yards. I mean, that beats out what I've laid out. All I need is history to repeat itself again. And yeah, I'm expecting him to be heavily involved in the offense. I think, yeah, I love this bit. Yeah, I want to say third or fourth time you've gone Njoku this year. And yeah, paid dividends, doesn't it? Paid dividends. He's having a great year. Uh, yeah. Always had the talent, hasn't he? I think we say it every week, every time you pick him, but he's always had this immense amount of talent. He's just been getting that consistency. And I think, yeah, you'd argue this has probably been his most consistent year, I think, uh, in the NFL. He's been fantastic. And as you say, if you can get that combination going, um, yeah, I like this a lot. I like this yeah, a lot. Um, exactly. If I have a week with no winners, revisit the old faithful, get me back up to speed in Joku, please. <laughs> there's a reason why. There's a reason why they're the old faithful, that's for sure. Um <laughs> That kind of brings me nicely to my first pick of the week, if I'm being honest, because I mean, I feel like I involve the Detroit Lions in a pick every single week, whether I'm for or against them. Most of the time I'm for. Last week I was against and it bit me. It bit me, didn't it? Uh, I went with the trends. I I couldn't understand. And Look, even though the game played out as it did, the line was still crazy. I, I, I maintain it still was, but they won by 11 points in the end. And that's just how... That's just how the cookie crumbles. But the Detroit Lions, it's one of their biggest games of the season. One of their biggest games in years, uh, I think. Um, I mean, over in the UK, it's Sky Sports' televised game at 6pm. Uh, on Sunday, it's the Lions and the Jets. Two teams in very similar situations in terms of playoff aspirations. Um, basically, if both teams keep winning, uh, or rather start winning, in one case, there is a chance, there is a chance I'm going to go with the momentum. I'm going to go with the Lions um, to beat the to beat the Jets straight up in this game. They've covered six straight. 
they've won five of their last six. <laughs> it's an incredible run. It's an incredible run from Dan Campbell's they team. Good. They look really good. Have you seen their remaining schedule uh, of interest? Is it quite soft, I think? It's it's very soft mm. uh, on the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, the Jets are the winning most team they're playing uh, through these last four weeks. So, and like I say, I'm fancying to win this week anyway. Um, then correct me on the exact order, but it's the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears, and the Green Bay Packers, all with losing records, all with a little bit to play for in various instances, perhaps not the Bears, but still losing teams generally. The Lions could win 10 games this season. That is not out of the wow. realms of possibility. <laughs> they, 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 they've got one six, they've won six, they've got four left. Um, since 1960, they've only managed that seven times. Um, this is not a winning franchise generally. There's no there's, there's nosebleeds going on in Michigan right now, but the value for it, they are value for where they're at to the point where we're heading into an NFL draft, as I mentioned earlier, in 2023. They're going to have a pretty pretty hefty draft pick, obviously, as a result of the Matt Stafford trade. Um, they don't have to go quarterback necessarily. Uh, we, we're, we're now getting to that point. Jared Goff has been he's been good this year. There's a lot he's of love been, for him, isn't there? He's been very good. We know what we're getting with Jared Goff. Absolutely, he's he's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not one of these players who's ever going to be in that top five elite debate. I don't think. But I guess the elephant in the room with. Jared Goff is if we've got a team good enough around him, we've already we've already seen him get to a Super Bowl. It's, yeah, it's happened. Yeah. He didn't, fair enough, he didn't get it done the day against the Pats, but he's good enough to take a team down the stretch if you put team uh, put players around him. And I think there's been a realization certainly of the last couple of months. So hey, we, we've we've probably got the guy here quite cheap as well. Uh, yeah, on, yeah. Certainly, in the grand scheme of things, it'll be cheap. And obviously, they picked up the draft capital as well. This is a team on the up and up. They've got so much momentum going for him. Jamal Williams just keeps on scoring. Amon Hassan Brown continues to be productive. I'm seeing no real red flags against his Lions team at the moment, whereas the Jets, I know you'll have an opinion on this as well. Zach Wilson comes back in on Sunday and it's not the situation he wanted to be coming back in on. He wanted to earn that job back. He's not coming back to his own team. He's coming back in because Mike White's not healthy. It's not... It, it, it's potentially a toxic situation. I think they've lost the last two anyway with White, but he was okay. Um, Zach Wilson lost his job because he looked like the worst NFL quarterback. It, it, it's as simple as that. He was the worst of the 32 at that point in time. There's only been a few weeks removed. I don't see how there could be massive improvement on that. It seems a weird situation. Yeah, he wasn't even the backup. He was on the sidelines in his well, street clothes, as they say it. The, yeah. There's clearly bad blood between the entire locker room, the coaching staff, and he's been thrown back in because, well, Joe Flacco just is not good enough at all. And Zach Wilson might be an upgrade. Well, not in my opinion, but probably have a better outlook with Zach Wilson and quarterback than you do Joe Flacco. But yeah, I don't think it will be good at all. I think there's going to be a few turnovers on Wilson himself for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong, the Jets defense uh, is very good. Uh, it's going to be one of the better uh, units this season. But I mean, they've struggled to put points up in offense anyway. Uh, they've only they only scored 20 points a game. Uh, the Lions look not knocking around 27 points per game, uh, just maybe just under there's a clear disparity in the offences. And like I say, that's before you can talk about the fact that Wilson's just in that situation where he doesn't really want to be. Uh, also, he doesn't want to be in this kind of this kind of mode uh, as the Jets QB. It's a bad time for them. 
have this big home game with all the media pressure, it, it could be an absolute car crash for Zach Wilson, I think, on Sunday. You've got to go with the team with the momentum, with the hot hand. Dare I say that the Lions are going to win six out of seven. It, it's a remarkable thing, but I would absolutely take the Lions here. And with the with the line quite tight, it's near enough a pick them uh, at this point. Um, yeah, I'll just take the Lions on the money line. I think that's the value here. I agree. It's really similar last week to me of Jets Vikings. Um, not last week, sorry, of Lions. Um I've got I've completely messed up the games there. <laughs> but I can see a lot of similarities between the Lions and the Vikings. And yes. In the way that the teams are in terms of this really good offense, pretty okay defense is what we'll say. And yes. The Jets. I don't know. They, I just can't see them keeping up pace. You can have so much of a good defense, but eventually you're going to crash and burn. And you're relying on sort of a night at running back now, who, fair enough, he looks good, but he's an undrafted player. He's not going to be able to, he's not going to be a difference maker effectively. No. And yeah, I think the Lions will be too much for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's just too much an offense thing. Uh, really isn't. Yeah. Just such a difficult mental situation for Wilson I think uh, I will have a little bit of sympathy for him going to this week uh, yeah. I must say but I'm going to take the Lions um, shall I go with my one of my other picks first yeah, yeah let's got take it to... to Kansas Kansas City Houston Texans yeah um, this was interesting last week wasn't it with the Texans uh, mm, they were yeah. 17 point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys it was the biggest spread of the season and if not for a late Zeke Elliott touchdown they would have won the game <laughs> <laughs> they well. absolutely bottled it as well. Like they did. just terrible, terrible decision making. So poor. They did. The, the Houston Texans did. The Houston Texans. Um, they are what they are. Um, a similar story this week. Really, it's a fourteen point spread at the moment. That might shift a little bit as they take on the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs had a bit of a weird performance last week against the Broncos in the sense that the second half, I think it was just Q in the rack. Yeah, if I'm honest, I, I think they knew the, the game was won. They raced out to a twenty-seven point lead. Uh, and that game, the score ended up a lot tighter than it than it needed to be, really. But I, it was never really in doubt. I, I never really thought the Broncos were going to come back and win that game. Um, Mahomes actually threw three interceptions in that game. Again, I still think it was a cue on the rack situation because there was also moments in that game where Patrick Mahomes looked like the greatest QB of all time, which yeah. he, he might be. He might be, uh, certainly once his career ends. Some remarkable stuff. And... You know, I am considering the, the handicap in this. So I'm considering 14 points. I think you can easily make a case for the Texans uh, Texans being 15, 16, 17 points worse than the Chiefs. Of course you can. It's just a big number. And with the playoffs kind of appearing on the hill now, we're kind of three, four weeks away, if the Chiefs inevitably go into a strong lead. Um, so that's what the Texans do, by the way. They let teams go to big leads. The Dolphins are 30 points up. The Commanders are 20 points up recently. That'll probably happen, but the Chiefs are going to have yeah. one eye on games coming up and going. Do you know what? We're not going to we're not going to do too much in the second half, so there might be a bit of a backdoor cover, which puts me off. So I'm going to the touchdown market. I don't often go to the touchdown market in these kind of games, but I'm going to go with old reliable. Uh, and this one, uh, there's more value in the receivers and the running backs on the Chiefs' offensive unit. Obviously, they score just shy of 30 points a game, best in the league. There's guaranteed points there. It's just so hard. We talked about this off air. It's so hard to determine who it's going to be yeah. week on week. Yeah. It was it was Jarek McKinnon uh, who was in the points last week, but you'd have really probably gone Pacheco if you were going to pick one of those guys. And then I was very close to tipping Pacheco for this game, but I just couldn't get decided between McKinnon and Pacheco. McKinnon's been having 
not that many carries, but he's weirdly been getting the bulk of the goal line work, which I just don't understand at all. So yeah, I stayed clear. But yeah, let me hear about Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Uh, as I say, all reliable. We don't know which of the receivers is going to be catching the ball, but we know it's going to be catching the ball week in, week out. One of the greatest pass catching tight ends. I think he probably is the greatest pass pass catching tight end of all time. There's better guys all round, but in terms of an, that extra receiver on the field, he is the best I think I've ever seen. 12 touchdowns on the year for Travis Kelsey. Um, it's a career best. I think I said a few weeks ago, his career best just seems to be whatever he does that season. Uh, he just gets yeah. better and better and better. He's at his peak. I thought he had an off day last week, to be honest. He didn't, he didn't get in the end zone. He has had two weeks off uh, the end zone, which makes me think he's due. Yeah. Um, I thought he had an off week last week. There was a few drops. It was at least three or four, I can remember. Still went for 71 yards uh, on the Broncos. He, he's just impossible to stop uh, when he's in any kind of mood and yeah against the worst team in the league it's a team that's got 30 points Kansas City Chiefs you can get relatively close to evens for a Kelsey touchdown in this game you've got to take that for me I, I don't see how you don't take that nice yeah I agree I, I like him a lot and he's due he's definitely due isn't he I tipped him a couple of weeks ago against the Chiefs and he let me down there so yeah, let's let's get it going for the extra point pod, Kelsey. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, you're looking at the NFC's top team, the Eagles, I believe. Yes, Philadelphia Eagles at Chicago Bears, and I'm going for Miles Sanders over 68 and a half rushing yards and a touchdown. He's now having the best season of his career, and there's still what three or four games to go. He's cleared the 1,000 rushing line for the first time ever, and I think for the Eagles, that's the first time in such a like many many years. Yes. Yeah, they well this year they've got their first one thousand rushing and one thousand receiver, so it's I'm, a very good season. Yeah, I'd be surprised if anyone. I mean, you mentioned Shady McCoy earlier. Maybe, maybe he was the last thousand. I think so. Yeah. Thousand yard rusher. Yeah, yeah. Can't be JJ, quite a while. surely not. And the, yeah, the he last, had a great year, but maybe not. No, no. <laughs> their last one thousand receiver was Jeremy Macklin, which just feels like a a world away. But he got through some serious work in the slot that year. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. But yeah, I'm focusing on Miles Sanders. And last week he had a monster game against the Giants, 144 yards, two touchdowns. He's now got 10 touchdowns in his last 10 games. Five of them have come in his last three. I mean, against the Giants as well. He came out of the game and Boston Scott came in because it was just that much of a bruising performance from the Eagles in general. And I guess that touches on a point of they have a tendency to rest and rotate their players, whether they I mean, they're that good that they can decide whether they want to win through the ground or through the air against you. I mean, two weeks ago against the Titans, Miles Sanders hardly touched the ball, which is a good thing because he's going to be rested and they want to manage their players. But I really think that when you've got such a soft matchup to a porous team, such as the Bears, you're going to lean into your prize running back. And I can see Sanders really carrying the rock a lot. The Chicago Bears are conceding 146 rushing yards per game. That's the sixth worst rushing defense in the league. And last week, they faced the Packers. They gave up 175 rushing yards, and Aaron Jones wasn't even in the lineup. He wasn't healthy. It was all A.J. Dillon and Christian Watson had a huge 45-yard carry as well. Chicago's conceded this, well, 16 touchdowns to running backs. That's the third most in the league. And yeah, everything just lining up for Miles Sanders to have a big, big game. And you can pair those two together at that two to one, which is a really nice price for something that I think, to be honest, I think should be wrapped up relatively quickly with Sanders in this game. Yeah. Um, in terms of the actual game, I'd be surprised if there's much going on 
second half in terms of the scoreline. Um, yeah, it, it, just a far superior team for me. A far, Definitely. far superior team. Definitely. I like that. I like that. And yet, great to see Miles Sanders kind of getting those stats together. Obviously, uh, health has been his major issue, hasn't it, over yeah. the last few years? It's been so difficult to keep him on the field, but always have that talent. Great to see him going four figures this year and obviously plenty more to come. Uh, might be knocking on 1500 if, if he carries on. So, um, definitely talk to me, talk to me about some backups, Ross. <laughs> Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals. I don't yeah. want to watch this game. How do you feel about Colt McCoy versus Brett Rickon? Um, <clears throat> yeah, that <laughs> is the situation. I mean, oh, oh, to be honest, on recent form, I, I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't think Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson would have been much better. <laughs> I really don't, uh, just the way the team's been playing. But yeah, we're getting McCoy versus Rippon. Yeah. Uh, in this game, it's one of my kind of doubled up tips uh, in the sense that I'm pitching the handicap and the under uh, in this game as a bit of a package deal at six to four. Um, I think the actual uh, points line in this game is about 37. Uh, we're extending that a little bit to 39 and a half uh, to give us a little bit more leeway, just because 37 is very, very low. I mean, you never really go below. 36 is about the lowest you ever really see in the NFL. So it is very, very low. Uh, but yeah, for six to four, you could have under 39 and a half total match points. And I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos with a little bit of help, a point and a half to beat the Arizona Cardinals in this game, purely based on their defense, because their defense yeah, is excellent. Is um, there's a lot of things wrong with this game. There's a lot of things wrong with these teams, but the standout unit by far is the Denver Broncos defense. So for that reason, uh, I think they win this game. It's it's going to be a car crash. This is not going to be a good game for football. Do not <laughs> go out of your way to watch this one. Unfortunately, it is in the nine o'clock window. So there's not going to be too much uh, you could do in terms of avoiding it. But yeah, there's not going to be money points in this game at all. You can't imagine. The Broncos offense uh, is worse than the league, 14.9 points per game uh, on average, which is pretty pitiful. Um as for the Cardinals, they've had three games where Colt McCoy has basically basically been the starter. Uh, obviously, two games he started, one game where he came in early yeah. for Colin Murray. Um, they've scored 50 points in those three games combined. So there is not a lot of points at the disposal here for that reason. You just go for the defence, I think. You just go for the team. There's going to be able to pitch the, the slightly better shutout, but you're, you're going to expect there's going to be a lot of special teams in this game, a lot of punts, a lot of three and outs. going to be one of those, and I think Denver especially because we're getting a point and a half on the spread as well, because it could be one of those games that's going to be so tight we could even see a tie, who knows? Um, I'd pitch Denver to be a slight slight favourite in the game and uh, would just beat them surely with their defence being better. But yeah, I don't even want to talk about this game too much, if I'm honest. It's just... No, and you are you are tempting fate with the no-bet list. I don't know if that was the Russell Wilson Broncos that were the no-bet list. That's what I'm Brett, going for. Brett <laughs> Genuinely, that's what I'm going for. I... If we're in a situation where we've got a guy who's going to be paid 50 million this year and I, I may trust Brett Rippon to get this game one more yeah, <laughs> Russell Wilson, yeah. that is a that ah, uh, it's a weird league. It's a weird league, but God knows what happened to Russell Wilson this year. I, I really don't know. Um, someone did mention to me yesterday that his extension doesn't even come into play till next season. Ah, it's, oh, wow. one of the, it's one of the worst deals of all time. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the worst deals ever. There was no need to get it over the line so quickly as well. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, whatever's going on with that Denver front office uh, is not good. Um, no. The only the only caveat is whatever what the hell's going on in the Cardinals front office is even worse at the minute. So yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. But um, yeah, no, just, just 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 Twitter search the Cardinals if you want to see what's going on this week. There's a lot of things going on. Um, two coaches that will be fired for sure. 
Almost certainly. And you would think, because obviously Denver are tied into this QB situation now and tied into their kind of situation. I don't know if the Cardinals are going to try and get Sean Payton over the line next year. A slightly mm. better draft pick will be will, will help them. So they probably won't they probably won't mind. The ownership will not mind a loss uh, in no. this game. No. I, 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 I wouldn't suspect. Talking of messy front offices, head coaching. Let's go to LA Chargers and Tennessee Titans. I mean... GMs, yeah. coaches in the in the line of fire. I mean, yeah, yeah. What have you got? It's a lot of my thinking on this one. To be fair, uh, obviously, both uh, well, all of our tips are on SportingLife.com. If you want to read about them, uh, as well as listen to the podcast. Um, yeah, a lot of my article this week in terms of this game was based on just something not being right. Uh, the Tennessee Titans really kind of weird situation. They've lost three in a row on the field. Uh, they're still winning the AFC South. They're still in the playoffs at the moment. And the rest of the AFC South isn't strong enough to catch them, I, I don't think, at this stage of the season. So there's no real worry there. They're going to be a postseason team. But just there's an ill feeling, isn't there? There's something not quite right. Obviously, they fired the GM last year. Um, I believe he was extended in the offseason. So that's not something that was planned by any means. No. Um, there was a train of thought that it was a direct reaction to AJ Brown having a massive day against them because it came straight off the Eagles game. Obviously AJ Brown moved to the Eagles in the off season in a move that Mike Vrabel clearly didn't love. Um, but you don't want that kind of impulsiveness uh, at the top of your franchise. It's, and it's going to have a trickle down effect to the rest of the team. There's a real ill feel, ill feeling towards the Titans at the moment, uh, even going to the game last week. So they played the Jags, Trevor Lawrence had a day. He was superb. 370 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Absolutely tore apart the secondary. We've, we've had question marks of the Tennessee Titans secondary all season anyway. This was the clearest example that it's straight bad, to be honest. Uh, 36 points the Jags put up. And then even on the offensive side of the ball, Derrick Henry had two fumbles. Derrick Henry doesn't fumble the ball, really. Um, he's had 12 fumbles since he entered the league. You know, 16% of his fumbles are last week. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good sign. Um, and yeah, the main problem comes because Trevor Lawrence, whatever t- Trevor Lawrence was able to do last week, I think Justin Herbert can do that as well. Uh, maybe yeah, even yeah. maybe even more consistently. Um, you know, someone called him a social media quarterback a couple of weeks ago. I disagree. Oh, I've hated I, 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 all of that. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> he's a very very good quarterback, Justin Herbert, and his, his, his numbers, um, his numbers more more than stack up, I would suggest. But they're not a safe bet. Uh, the Chargers, they're a weird kind of inconsistent team this season. I tipped them for the Super Bowl at the start of the season. I got that one wrong. They're not consistent enough. But they have had a couple of wins recently. They seem to be putting something together. And yeah, I just think that passing game is going to be far too much. Only the Vikings have given up more passing yardage than the Titans this yeah, season. Yeah. Herbert's a big numbers kind of guy, isn't he? He's gone 300 yards in his last two games. I'd expect 300 plus in this one and a few touchdowns. I'd don't think the Chargers can be caught. They're minus three in the handicap. I'd take it. Yeah, Mike Williams being back as well and healthy is just so, so crucial. He gives us the deep playability, which Herbert is. We can show off his arm, how amazing it is. And yeah, home yeah. field as well. Home field as well. It's that so far. It's, it's a long trip. Obviously, they were in Jacksonville last week. It, yeah, it's just not an ideal situation for a Titans team where clearly there's something going wrong at the no. top and as as I say there's generally a trickle down when that kind of thing stuff happens. 
And that's pretty much all we've got time for. Thank you once again for listening to the Extra Point podcast. We really do appreciate it. We hope you've been uh, getting on our tips, hopefully not last week, but uh, you can get back on them this week and I'm sure we'll be back on track. Still 20 points of profit uh, between us so far this season. We're still going pretty strong. Uh, Three weeks of the season left after this before we get into the playoffs. So stick around, listen next week, enjoy the football and uh, we'll see you.